Good morning. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Uh, Before I bring my first guest on, I do want to recognize it is Juneteenth. If you've never heard of this, I put some information on my show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And it is the newest national holiday recognizing the end of slavery. There are all kinds of events going on. It's, like I said, now a federal holiday. Uh, President Biden actually, a year ago, signed legislation that recognized June 19th is the day that commemorates the end of slavery in the United States. And if you haven't heard of it, again, there's, there's a lot of meaning behind it. It's very historical. It dates back to 1865, when enslaved African Americans in Texas learned that they were free, finally. So again, you can um, learn all about it. There are all kinds of events. And again, there's information on my show blog and a link to several articles. Getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Okay, coming up, top of the hour, uh, starting the show with Wade Rouse. He's an internationally best-selling author of 13 books. Wow. And he's back with his first memoir in a decade called Magic Season, A Son's Story. He's with us right now. Good morning. Hi, Wade. Morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Congratulations, as I said to you. Wow. 13 books. 13. (laughs) Been busy. (laughs) Slightly. Amazing. So walk us through this one, because this is um, a whole story based on your relationship with your late father. Yeah, this was um, my first memoir in over a decade, and I consider it probably my most life-affirming and heart-wrenching book um, to write. And, you know, especially on the heels of Father's Day, this is a book that follows the relationship I had with my Ozark's father, um, which was contentious, to put it best, over much of our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, But the one thing that bonded us was our love of baseball, and especially the St. Louis Cardinals, and that takes place inning by inning over the very last baseball game that we ever watched together. And, um, you know, as my dad used to always say, life is like baseball. You know, it's the tiny decisions inning to inning that make the difference in the end, and that's what I always tried to keep in mind um, in my relationship with him. Now, here you were, you, you, you know, you know your dad is dying. Did he know that much about you as a grown-up? He did. You know, he, he did. My dad um, always, you know, he was an engineer, by trade, um, a man whose parents grew up during the Depression. Um, I grew up in a tiny, tiny um, Missouri Ozarks town. If you've seen the show Ozark, you know, that was really sugarcoating the way a lot of the people <laughs> were. Um, it was very rough for me in the 1970s and 80s because I was not your typical Ozarks boy. And my dad did. He just, you know, as I write in the book, he treated me much like he did a Cardinals game when they were behind or losing. He just kind of turned down the volume, Ugh. you know, and refused to deal with it in any way. And that's so many of, uh, men of that era just, you know, it was not okay to show emotion or right. um, express anything. So everything was swept under the rug, which made it which made it doubly difficult. And I lost my brother when I was 13. And you know, I felt um, mm. I felt as if the wrong son had been taken in my dad's life. So I spent oh. a lot of my life trying to just prove my worth to him. Oh my goodness, that's awful to feel like that. It it, it is. You know, foundationally, this is a you know this is a novel, really not or a memoir, not about sports, but really about um, you know what we all seek in our deepest relationships, especially as children. All we want is acceptance and unconditional love. And yeah. you know, my mother was a, a hospice nurse much of her life, and she was the one that modeled 
what that meant for me. You know, unconditional love is love without any conditions. And my yes. father and I always had conditions on our relationship. And when I removed those, um, the needle changed greatly. That's amazing. I, I wanted to ask you this because here we are in the pandemic. Do you personally feel like you have peeled back your layers in the past few years? Because I know a lot of people, including myself, I feel like I've kind of like come face to face with some things from my past and traumas. I feel like that with this book for you. It, it was, you know, um, that, that's a great question. I think I think there are two camps out there. Um, and I think one camp is just what you said. I think so many of us being isolated um, and not kind of running from issues mm-hmm. in our life or being confronted with, you know, family or friends who were sick or, you know, we were worried um, so much about everyone. We confronted so much in our past, you know, and it made us come face to face with things that, that, that we've ignored. I mean, that's what this, you know, that was a really a timing and a reason that I wrote this wrote this book. You know, my, my mother, you know, as a hospice nurse taught me very much. I used to go all over the Ozarks with her when she would care for people at the end of their lives, you know, people that often didn't have family or money or health care. Wow, what a and, heart. And she told me so many were filled with regrets in their life and urged me not to be filled with regrets. And for me, one of them was, you know, in trying to heal my relationship with my father and write this book was not to have any because, you know, as a memoirist, I come from a place of trying to um, understand and never, never blame why we are the way we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do. I think you're exactly right. I think the past few years really gave us pause to kind of confront those issues in our own lives. Definitely. What a beautiful, beautiful relationship you have with your mom. Oh, it was, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not a person that really um, relies on platitudes. You know, they were a saint on earth, but my mother really was. She, you know, my grandmother, Shipman, I write fiction under um, my grandma's name, Viola Shipman. I love that. Um, was working poor, you know, didn't have two nickels to rub together. And, you know, they saved change so my mother could go to college and be the first in our family to graduate. And my mother, you know, after my brother passed away, was a, a woman of great resilience and faith and you know, really just modeled for me how to get up and, and move on and that there must be meaning in our and my life mm-hmm. um, to overcome tragedy um, and what how to leave a mark. Um, and so she was, she was amazing. And, you know, my father also being as difficult as he was, I knew there was a kernel of goodness in him. Um, you know, he's the most un- emotional, unemotional man I've ever known. And so I fought, I fought for that walk-off home run in the ninth inning, and I was, mm. I was pleased that, that we were able to achieve that. But, you know, it, it took a lot of work. It took a lot of forgiveness on both of our parts. Amazing. So you felt at peace when he passed away. I, I did. You know, it was, um, it was interesting. My father, with conditional love, always expected something from me to prove, prove myself to him. Um, you know, I had to be there. I had to work for every single um, thank you. Um, my father never really told me he was proud of me. But I became his primary caregiver at the end of his life. And I think through that, you know, and through just being there time after time, when we had very little to talk about, we'd turn on a baseball game, and I would take a seat next to him on the couch. And, you know, that began to bridge many gaps in our lives. You know, the talk turned from the St. Louis Cardinals and baseball to each other and how we became the men we did. And, you know, my father began to understand who I was, and I began to understand who and why he was the way he was. You know, it's yes. all those ghosts in our past. So sure. I was, and you know, and, and I, I'm grateful for the outcome. That's beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. 
Do you have any video of you and your dad sitting there? Did anybody ever take any pictures or video or anything? I have a lot of pictures. Yeah, there's a, I, did, I recorded a beautiful video trailer that's on, um, you know, on my website and on my Facebook site, social media sites at Wade Rouse or Viola Shipman. And it's amazing, yeah, the two of us sitting, um, you know, side by side. Um, and we did for decades just watching the Cardinals games. And, you know, I, I think that sports is a great uniner, you know, yeah, no matter yeah. what it is. Um, you know, I've talked to so many men um, in the course of this book being published, and so many men can't share much with each other, but they said, you know, if we go to a game together or even if we go out to play golf on a weekend and we don't talk about yes. issues, we're still next to each other sharing something that runs deeper. Um, and that's, that's, that's really the foundation of this memoir. Definitely. What a love. You, I mean, what a bond as your dad was, pa- you know, passing on. I mean... It's unbelievable. How does it feel yeah, to have this book out in the world? Um, it's, you know, it always, as you know, it, it's, I always say it's like, um, you know, having your, raising a baby and, <laughs> you know, watching, watching him or her go off to college, you know, when they're 18, it's, it's always hard because it, you know, this is such a deeply personal and heartfelt book. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've, it, it just was very difficult to release it, but I've been so humbled by, you know, it's a, it was a Barnes & Noble Father's Day pick. It was a USA Today summer um, book read recommendation. So I think it's resonating with people um, in, in the way I hoped. I would say so. I mean, you've received multiple accolades. Uh, mul- must reads by NBC's Today Show, featured in the Washington Post, USA Today, on and on and on. So that is outstanding. And you know what it's like. You sit, you know, most authors sit alone at home in a, you know, coffee-stained robe writing alone, just hoping that it will reach someone in the right way. And I always say if it reaches one person, then, you know, our our jobs are well worth it. Are you uh, getting messages on social media from people? I mean, that always blew me away when I would get this note from somebody who's struggling and then they share something with me. I have. It's, it's been humbling. I think, you know, in so many ways, especially right now, people are looking at um, their fathers in new and maybe appreciative ways um, because my, you know, mine was, my relationship was very <laughs> difficult and tumultuous with mm-hmm. my dad. And uh, people, I am always humbled and honored when people share as much with me about their lives as I do with them. And I have. I've just been blown away by the response so That's far and, and always grateful when people, you know, I do my darndest to reach out to every single person that reaches out to me. That's amazing. I want to share that I had a, a wonderful relationship with my dad, but he was tough. And I remember telling him that I was going to start this show called Get the Funk Out. And he says, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> and and he was the king of the F-bomb. And I'm like, no, really. I I really am. Because I took a year off, I lost a friend of mine, and I was in such a state of grief at her death, and I thought, I need to do something Mm -hmm. with that. And this became a platform for other people to share stories of of challenges from life, things they've gone through, ups and downs, and share that with the listeners. And I'm so glad I didn't listen. You know, in life, like, you just have to follow your own voice. That's all, that's what it is in life, writing, living, you know, and it's, I think so many men of that era, you know, it's, Taking risks is was scary. It was not something oh, that yeah. they were they were used to doing, yes. and yet it's transformative. And I always say, like you, if you if you are moved to change the world in your own way, mm-hmm. 
then you can always go backward, but you can never go forward. And, um, you know, my, I think my dad finally began to understand, you know, I mean, an engineer, he had no clue what an author meant. I mean, yeah. <laughs> did you always say, how do you make a living communicating? Um, but it's, you know, he finally began to understand that the, the power of following um, your own voice can, can really lead to miracles. Absolutely. I want to give your websites. Uh, one is uh, Viola Shipman, which I think is beautiful, by the way, that you Thank honored you. grandmother. ViolaShipman.com and Wade Rouse, R-O-U-S-E.com. You also host the popular Facebook Live Literary Happy Hour, Wine and Words with Wade, every Thursday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Viola Shipman author page. You talk about writing, inspiration, and welcome best-selling authors and publishing insiders. Congratulations, and thank you so much for calling into the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye, Wade. All right. If you missed any part of this, uh, all the info is on the show blog. Within an hour, I will have the podcast. We're going to take a short break, and then I will be back with another author. Uh, This is the author, Glenn Rockowitz. We're going to talk about his book, Cotton Teeth. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.